0: Michael Reed on LMFM.
1: Now let's uh, look at uh, the stats and uh, the incidence of uh, this uh, disease. Uh, Professor Philip Nolan is uh, the immunologist who does the number crunching and uh, is able to trace it. He's been looking at uh, the course of the disease over the last five days uh, and there are some positives in that. The
2: five day moving average of the number of new cases per day hasn't been increasing as fast as it was in in the last week. Um, The 14-day cumulative incidence doesn't seem to be rising as fast and and I'm sure the optimistic amongst us would want to see the beginnings of stability uh, in those numbers. It's simply too early to tell. Um, Is this a a, a very short reduction in the number of cases per day? Are we beginning to see evidence of the public health measures uh, introduced last week that people may well have anticipated Um, in their own behaviours beginning to take effect. So we really do need to, if you're seeing anything in this data, uh, it should be an encouragement to redouble our efforts in the coming days uh, to follow that public health advice and uh, limit transmission of the virus. Uh, There's absolutely no room for imagining that we're seeing stability yet at this point.
1: Okay, well, I suppose uh, what is in that data is uh, the or not or the reproductive number. If it is below one, uh, there would be some scope for hope.
2: In in the course of last week, the reproduction number may actually have increased. um, And our best estimate of of it at the moment is that it sits between 1.5 and 1.7. And as you will appreciate from the modelling uh, data presented last week, that is far too high. Uh, that leads, will lead to exponential growth in cases, hospitalisations and ultimately deaths.
1: Mm, and Philip Nolan is worried.
2: Uh, it's, it's, it's worrying to begin to report. Uh, we, we would have said as cases began to rise several weeks ago that hospitalisations would be delayed and intensive care admissions delayed further. Um, So so beginning last week, but quite clearly this week, we are seeing an increase uh, in the numbers in intensive care and the number of admissions per day. So over the last week, there was on average 15 people in intensive care on any given day. That number today is 16. And typically we're seeing uh, one to two uh, new admissions per day uh, to intensive care. Uh, And it's important to note that they are quite widely distributed in age. So uh, the majority of those admissions are under 65 and quite a few are young. Uh, Also, uh, over the last week, we we have been typically confirming uh, one additional death per day. Dr.
1: Mary Scully, who is a GP with uh, Abbey House Medical Centre in Navan, and uh, speaks to us quite regularly uh, on a, a weekly basis, it, it seems, at uh, this stage. Good morning to you, Dr. Scully. and uh, Good morning, thanks Michael. Depressing to be asking you to come back on it again. It's very depressing, all of this. Uh, it seems as though there's mm. no let up, isn't it?
0: I know it mm. is. I mean, you know, the first time round, there was, I suppose, a bit of a novelty factor. People kind of got stuck in and they, you know, did all the... Restrictions that were required of them, but there's a fatigue now amongst people, and there may be a certain resistance to doing it all over again, um, which is most likely coming into the winter period, unfortunately.
1: It'll get worse because of the winter period, uh, because uh, there's going to be a, a lot of pressure on the health service uh, as a a result of all of the usual reasons uh, and how people tend to get sick in the winter and there'll be confusion over colds and flus and so on. But there'll also be the dark evenings, the cold evenings, the wet evenings and all of that sort of thing which will require us to stay indoors, unlike the first time around where we were sitting out in our gardens in basking sunshine.
0: That's right, yeah. So, you know, indoors where there's poor ventilation is where the virus thrives. um, So, as you say, the first turnaround, we had beautiful weather. Everybody was could sit outside and go for walks and, you know, be outdoors. Where it, The winter is going to be completely different. So I have a, a sense of foreboding that this winter is going to be a very difficult one.
1: Right. Are you seeing a, an increase in cases or suspected cases at your practice? Um, We are
0: certainly seeing a a big, big increase in testing since schools went back. um, There are, you know, um, I'd say about half of our workload now has been taken up with queries from people um, about testing. Um, and being referred for testing if they need to be. Um, Fortunately, mead is not too bad on the figures, Mm. so we have only seen a small number of positive cases. The vast, vast majority are, in fact, not detected or negative.
1: Okay, loud. Uh, A different story, obviously. Uh, And there is... The prospect, the possibility that NEFID will make a recommendation uh, to government today to bring Louth to level three. And uh, it seems that uh, in the next two weeks, the whole country could have to go into a lockdown.
0: Well, uh, you know, the number of counties that are approaching the level that Dublin was at is increasing and certainly Louth, along with Donegal and Waterford, are now above the level that Dublin was at when Level 3 was in, was, was instituted. So I think there can be no doubt that NFET are going to recommend Level 3 restrictions for those three counties. And then there's several others, another three or four, that are, uh, you know, climbing. So they're mm. watching those carefully. You, you,
1: you, mean, you mean the recommendation, in your opinion, will come from NAFA today? You would expect that they would recommend today that Louth, which is obviously of most interest to our listeners, that Louth... Would go to level three.
0: I would imagine they will, because you know Dublin was uh, uh, put at level three when their fourteen-day incidence was eighty per hundred thousand, and Louth is now over a hundred. Mm. So I don't think there's much doubt that there'll be a recommendation now. Whether the government. Take up that recommendation is, you know, a, a different point. But I think there'll be no doubt that NEFAT will recommend that now Louth go into level three.
1: Right. It's in our hands, they say, and that's what they mean literally when they say that, and that uh, it's something uh, that uh, they're saying in households. And no, it's not the kids having parties. It's us uh, either uh, going into each other's houses or Going in for a meal and then into each other's houses, or going to the shops and then going into each other's houses. But the biggest outbreaks are in people's houses.
0: Yes, that they have said that quite clearly. That the um the the transmission seems to be within households. And for example, in Loth, um, there have been several household clusters in North Loth. Um, And that has been the cause of the increased incidence. So, as you say, it's people going out, mixing with other people, coming back and then infecting the rest of their households. So, uh, you know, it is correct. It it is in our hands. And we have to, um, you know, as Roland Glenn says, we have to reduce the number of social contacts that we have going forward.
1: Mm. And we have to respect the virus uh, as well. I mean, we all have to do that if we're going to beat it, as uh, so long as we follow this strategy. Uh, because if we don't all do it, uh, well, then uh, that's not a, enough people doing it. Uh, it's a point, I suppose, that's been made time and again. This requires everybody to comply.
0: Yes, it does require everybody to comply. And unfortunately, given human nature, you will never get 100% compliance with any restriction or order, particularly when it's coming down from... You know, government circles, you know, there'll always be the, the naysayers, the mm. deniers, the, you know, the, the, um, uh, conspiracy theorists, conspiracy theorists yeah. you know, mm-hmm. so there'll always be those people in our community who will refuse to do anything asked of them of government, unfortunately. Mm.
1: Okay, uh, but that doesn't mean uh, that uh, you should stay uh, on the pavement if uh, somebody doesn't give way, you should give way and wear a mask and all of that sort of thing. Uh, this is the strategy that we're following and this is an argument that's being put forward as well and I suppose the argument is correct to a large degree that we've opted for this strategy and there are other strategies. Uh, there's the sweep strategy And the COVID-19 committee uh, were hearing about that yesterday and this idea of building up herd immunity, protecting people under the age of 60 uh, uh, or over the age of 60 uh, and sort of locking them away, but letting anybody under the age of 60 go ahead uh, and live their lives. Uh, is there any merit in that argument?
0: Well, Sweden did that, and um, you know, but they had depended on a high level of personal responsibility in its citizens to do that and I suppose you know I suppose the, the stereotype of the Swedish people is that they are generally conformists and you know have high personal responsibility, um, and perhaps that 's why they were successful in that, but they did have a high number of deaths in the very beginning. Um, But as you say, you know, now that the initial surge has has, um, eased off, Swedish people do seem to be returning to a kind of a more normal phase of life. Um, But, you know, it is an argument to say that could be done if, you know, the entire population was prepared to be extremely personally responsible for all their actions. Um, And we've seen signs even in the last week that perhaps People aren't quite Mm. so keen on being personally responsible for their actions Mm. with large house parties um, in fields and meads, for example. Mm.
1: Uh, And I suppose you could follow that route as well if you accepted that there are inevitable consequences. uh, And in this war against the virus, like any war, there's casualties of war. Perhaps a few old people would die. And if that doesn't matter to you, maybe that's an acceptable argument.
0: Well, I don't think anybody with parents or grandparents—no, mm, I don't think would so. accept mm. that argument. But, um, you but know, that is
1: the inevitable parents. consequence, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, mm. it is. You know that 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 um, you know except that I think in Sweden they did kind of try to protect their elderly quite well. So the the elderly were expected to be much more rigorous um, and cocoon themselves, and you know try and protect themselves from infection. But it meant that younger people could get out and about because. I suppose if they did get infected, they were less likely to have a severe illness and the rates of mortality were much, much lower.
1: Okay, we'll hear more about that uh, later in uh, the programme. But we're looking at a a very long winter to begin with, Mm. uh, because we're going to be living uh, with uh, this uh, disease, it seems, for the winter and long past that at this stage.
0: Well, yeah, it's it's not looking great. Even when, when this all started in spring, um, you know, there was kind of expectations we'd have it would have it over by the end of summer and people were putting things out till uh, you know, six months out. But now even putting things out for another year from last spring and uh, next spring doesn't look like being you know, a runner for much either. Um, we won't have a vaccine probably until as earliest mid 2021. Um, The winter is going to take its toll, so I think by spring next year we're not going to be anywhere near out of this virus at all.
1: Okay, well it's in our hands as you say and we all know what to do when it comes to to keeping our distance, wearing masks, uh, washing our hands uh, and so on, but uh, we leave it there for the moment. Uh, No doubt uh, there'll be more reason for concern over the coming days and uh, it'll be uh, nice to talk to you next time around, uh, depressing as it can be, but thank you as always. Thank Leverage. you very much indeed. Dr. Mary Scully, a GP with the Abbey House Medical Center in Nathan. Michael, Michael Reed
0: on, on LMFM. L-L-L-F-M. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.